maybe we re- yeah. reintroduce ourselves also. And should we also say welcome listeners? For the new people tuning in. <laughs> to our podcast? Yes. <laughs> this My is, name is Bisrat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Hello, Bisrat. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Bisrat Kabota. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing a, a PhD um, at the University of Aberdeen. I am based in Cicero. Citizenship, Center for Citizenship, Civil Society, Civil Society, and the Rule of Law, and Rule of Law, exactly. Um, that uh, wonderful center that brings people from all walks of life. Exactly. You're from Greece, and your background, uh, literature, literature, yeah. and Jorg is from Germany. No. <gasps> from I saw that you I said <laughs> from the, the Netherlands. Dots. So you said, you put two dots on my O in my name. My yeah. name is Jörg. No, it, 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 not, it was the computer. It's not Jörg. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. the computer. It, was, the, it wasn't it's the, yeah. it's the bias of the computer. I, I thought big nation. Exactly. <laughs> I thought leaving them there would make me look smart. <laughs> because I knew how to spell your name, but I was wrong. So it looks, it looks better, but okay. I know. My name is Jörg, and I... I'm now allowed to say that my background is philosophy, mm-hmm. but I also did some literature and some history. Last time you said oh, that wow. you also did some philosophy, and now you say I did you also did some philosophy. philosophy. <laughs> but the education, education the day no, of the week. we live in a postmodern, uh, late capitalist society, right? Yes. So they want you to be diverse and have exactly. many qualities. So I always had an interdisciplinary right studies. So now I have everything. Exactly. So but now I'm like, no, no, no. Let's just do maybe focus more on the philosophy yeah it's interesting my background um is in development sociology management yeah it's (laughs) it's a bit of everything yeah that's the same yes so the the problem with um, development studies is that um you know most of the programs are generic they um they have a little bit of um economic sociology public policy environment or environmental science and management, project management, mm. almost everything. Yeah. So at, at the end of the program, you feel like you know everything, but you know you don't know that much. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have to say, um, yeah, more superficial. Exactly, yeah. So some programs have uh, specializations. Um, so you, f- you focus on a certain aspect of development, society level, development yeah. at local levels. Um, but life brought you here. Yes. But, and that's very interesting because your research now that you do now still has something of that in it, though more critically made, maybe? Yes, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on advocacy NGOs in, in the focus is how advocacy is used to challenge structural inequality. So what is an advocacy NGO? So it, it refers to NGOs, civil society organizations, that have commitment to advocating uh, human rights, mm-hmm. being voice for you know, marginalized people, people who cannot sufficiently represent themselves in policy making, in, in the political sphere. So it's pretty much about anything that you want to voice a concern about. In, in the conventional sense, this is about finding an agenda um, and looking for you know, influential people, decision makers in, in the policy making structure and trying to 
present your case so that they they buy your ideas they make decisions that favor mm. the people that you represent so that's the conventional aspect mm. of it mm. to comment no <laughs> okay not yet uh, but <laughs> so this was this was what i was wondering when i also heard your presentation and stuff is that i'm very eurocentric maybe in my education so when i hear NGOs. I don't necessarily think about the Netherlands, but then I read some of the articles, and in a broad definition, almost everything that's not the state that can be called NGO. Some article even called Extinction Rebellion an NGO. But here in the Netherlands, we would not say, <coughs> "Oh, we there are many NGOs," and that's not really part of the game. Maybe in a definitional or theoretical sense, you could say, "Well, so what? So why did you focus on NGOs in, in your case there?" Oh, that's, um, that's a good question. So, um, Ethiopia is among those countries where, you know, political, economic, and also to some extent social development hasn't progressed that much in terms of how we understand uh, progress in, you know, in the present day world, yeah. more, of, more of modern, economically advanced, technologically advanced, liberal, democratic, political system, and mm. so on. And, and also governments in such countries are too weak to constitute a stable political system that leads development in those countries. So NGOs are thought to have significant roles to play in, in these countries, supporting the governments and also working directly with the people on the ground. Yeah. Um, in the Ethiopian case, back in 1970s, 60s, 70s, um, and also 80s, the, the country suffered, you know, historically significant famines. That was when a lot of international NGOs um, flooded the country to respond to the crisis. And after the famines were dealt with, the NGOs stayed behind to also work on humanitarian services, service delivery. Um, running clinics, medical centers, uh, supporting education, and also providing relief and so on. So and that, yeah. yeah. So historically, yeah. NGOs um, have significant roles to play in countries like yeah. Ethiopia, um, where resources are meager, um, where local civil society organizations do not have the expertise and the resources and the institutional capacities. So the way the NGOs work is um, sometimes you have these international NGOs working directly in those countries. Sometimes they work with local NGOs. Yeah. So sometimes they work with, with, with governments. But their role in general is considered really critical. So, 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 so the, the, you know, I, I told you um, yeah. in the beginning that my main concern is structural inequality. A again, conventionally, it's always talked about how NGOs tackle you know, social inequality and so on. But my concern was to see to what extent they, they were positioned yeah. to address so structural inequality. So that, because that was what I found so interesting that, I mean, if you so sketch it like that, it sounds like liberal democratic ideals. You go to a country which hasn't had mm. civil society, maybe you build it. Mm connect the people to the government or something. Mm -hmm. So, well, maybe that's already a bit too confused, but I was like, you went from a liberal understanding from civil society to a more to Gramsci, basically, I want to talk about Gramsci yeah. and hegemony. So why was that? You know, that's... So yes. Yeah. It's a good question. I, before I left for the US, um, where I um, am now based, 
Um, I, I, I worked for several NGOs and there was this liberal claim that runs across all the NGOs that um, the NGOs are you know, value-free, neutral, pro-democratic, pro-development organizations um, and also they are non-political or yeah. apolitical mm-hmm. and um, they're also distinct from the market. So there must be this third sphere in which such organizations um, should be allowed to work freely without the interference of the state and also of profit-making institutions. So I I always held that view as someone who worked within the NGO sector. But I I, I had my own um, critical observations that, you know, some of the things that we used to do were not to the claims that we were making um, you know there, there was a lot of corruption going on there was a lot of um, you know like there was this lack of genuine commitment to dealing with the issues that we say you know we work to address and so on and then after I also left for the US I, I worked with um, um, an NGO there Mm-hmm. So a, a very similar notion, right? Mm-hmm. But after I embarked on my PhD, so when I worked on the proposal, so the, the, the whole thing was I, I held that liberal view, but also before I left Ethiopia, the government started cracking down uh. on NGOs. Um, because back in 2005, we ran national elections, and that was when the NGOs in Ethiopia woke up to a new role, a new mm-hmm. role of working on civic education, civic mobilization, and also um, significant commitment to advocacy uh, of human rights and so on. So that was a, a newly found role, but that, um, but the, the regime was not comfortable with that. Ah, I see. So there, there, there are a lot of issues in the background um, that the government was threatened by. There was a lot of, you know, color revolution going on, and, and also the government had lost its uh, legitimacy across the country. I mean, people supported opposition parties um, significantly and also the NGOs kind of worked really hard to mobilize people so that they go out and vote. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 you know basically the regime was not comfortable with that. So when the crackdown um, started it made me feel that oh so now the regime is turning autocratic and yeah. it's, it's, it's going against the NGOs, so the, the, the you know, it, it creates this very oversimplified yeah. dichotomy between yeah. pro-democracy yeah. organizations here and an authoritarian mm. regime on the other side. So how would that work? Because, so it, it, it um, showed that they were not so neutral after all, or what did, so? So the thing is that such an oversimplistic dichotomy kind of hides the complexities within uh, within yeah, the yeah. civil society sector itself. Um, so that so that was the that was the perspective that I had when I started working on my PhD. Yeah. So I had this um, oversimplified dichotomy between civil society organizations on one side and an authoritarian regime on the other side. But uh, I remember clearly that you were never confident with the concept of civil society. You were you never embraced that concept. So even back then, Bizrat said, mm. uh, what does it mean? What is civil, what is not, you know, what is uncivil? 
does it work for Ethiopia? So even even then, I remember you weren't uh, really convinced. You weren't buying into mm. this. Yes, that's correct. So the reason is that I think it was it was it was back in two thousand and fifteen. I returned to Ethiopia to conduct um, a um, research for my masters, and I came across these. NGOs that the government wasn't really opposed to, even though they were engaged in, you know, advocacy and yeah. so on. They, 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 so they, at least they did not reflect hostility towards the regime, mm. as opposed to other NGOs that I came across, which yeah. were really hostile to the regime. So there was that complexity within the sector. But also, as, as, as Dikaya said, um, right after I started my PhD, I started reading Gramsci. Probably that, that was the first reading project that I, that, that I got into. Mm. Um, Christina my um, former supervisor um, insisted that I, I read Gramsci, uh-huh. and I did. And then I, I started to feel really uncomfortable with that oversimplified dichotomy, the liberal notion of, of civil society. And then I, I read other critical literature on that, and I, I realized that both theoretically and also empirically, the view that civil society is this third autonomous pro-development, pro-democratic space didn't hold that no. that much water. So, yeah. I was thinking before we talk more about Gramsci, uh, maybe Bizrat could talk to us about some examples from uh, modern day politics. Uh, for example, we could reflect back on uh, the articles um, that you sent us, and one, one of them was very interesting. Uh, what would Gramsci and Said do? <laughs> yes. A socialist perspective on BDS, and the other one I opened up. Oh, it's the same. Okay. Are NGOs fit for the purpose of advocacy and campaigning? And there was another one with uh, extinction rebellion, mm-hmm. uh, also. Basically, it's 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 really difficult to find theoretically locate a space in society that is outside the reach of the state, and. If we're talking about modern NGOs, then most probably they operate within the legal frameworks constituted and overseen by the state. Right. So, so there, uh, yeah. There's a conceptual necessity already in, uh, the, in this. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And in um, in most Western countries, the NGOs are funded by the state. So, given that the NGOs can't be autonomous from the state. And these days, more and more businesses are setting up their own foundations, charities, and also they're giving to NGOs. And obviously, when you are financially dependent on be it the state or a business organization, you start to cater to their themes, to their expectations. So, is it the case that actually businesses who have certain concerns would try to do in the name of charity put some money aside and say well let's give it to that NGO which is in their interest would that work like that so um a so lot you of see yeah that would be interesting because the whole politics and the the battle of interest goes via the yeah. NGO and the charity exactly yeah. yeah if if we're talking about businesses um one there's this trend going on that um a good business 
is one that gives back to the society. Right. So it, it is not out of genuine concern to the society, uh, but it's, it's part of looking good. So it's at the same time part of their marketing strategy. Right. Like, you know, they advertise how much they gave to a local charity and so on. So it, it all goes into this advertisement promotion of themselves and so on. That's that's one. So you can you can look at it that way. Yeah. That's not a bad thing on its own. Yeah. And the other one is like businesses also set up their own foundations and really? then they identify thematic areas that they want to support. So often what local or like the smaller NGOs do is they always search for you know grants and so on. Um, and then they see these thematic areas and they write proposals that speak to those thematic areas. So it tells you that um, also this, this kind of funding relationship knocks you know these small NGOs out of their thematic interest areas um, and they, they keep wandering around looking for anything that they come across. Now, again, that speaks back to to what extent the sphere within which the NGOs operate is distinct from the state and the market in that sense. Yeah. In that sense, <laughs> even us being part of this right. are part of an we, NGO. <laughs> we are agents of the European co Commission now. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We are fifth column. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and yes. Now, and now Brexit has happened. Yeah, exactly. so, yeah. No more of us. Right, yeah. right. No, no more of Russian concerts, <laughs> German concerts. Yes. Exactly. They only get to listen to Kay Lee's, nothing else. <laughs> but, but you don't get me wrong. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I, I believe that there can always be this space within which civil society organizations can operate freely. But I take it as a project that mm -hmm. we need to work on instead of claiming that there is such a space that exists on its own yeah. that we must recognize. Yeah. We can work on how we can reduce the interference of the state in, in such a space mm -hmm. so that associations, organizations that operate in that space tend to become more autonomous, independent in terms of thinking in terms of the the um, interests that they represent, and and I can I can take that as a normative project, as something uh, that we want to happen, and then we 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 work on it. Yeah. But, but the, the you know the pro my my problem is the the theoretical argument that such a space exists. But even um, in in many um, liberal definitions of civil society, you know you find that civil society cannot be defined on its own without being opposed to the state and the market. So often like it, it, it goes as civil society refers to this space outside the space, um, the state and the market. Outside, but still, Ex you can only define it against the... Exactly. The yeah. So like if, if, if it is not an... Um, That's not autonomy. Ex exactly. If it's not an... Um, an if it doesn't have a, um, an essence of its own, right. that can be ontologically dealt with without mentioning the market and the state um then you know like it's it's really problematic to yeah. to define civil society if you always need to go to the state and the market to see how that different spaces is, right. is right. distinct right. then I, I i doubt that such a space and exists on its own and so you mm -hmm. also already from the start exclude market and state as if they are not involved it, yep so you won't see them anymore Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and would you then say that 
the thing is that civil society is not does not exist, but it's created. That it's it seems like it's getting way more dynamic in this approach. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe we should also talk about the. That's where the, Gramsci the, comes in, right. by the way. Okay, so also because there's also small NGOs that are not really registered; they operate on the margins. Well, I, I would say registration is one mode of regulation. Um, right. So they're not registered doesn't mean they're outside the influence of the state. Oh, even there. So, exactly. that, so even there you should not exactly because, because make that distinction yeah, again. Since they're not registered, then there are a lot of things that they cannot, they yeah. cannot do because yes. they're not registered. Yeah. So it's, it's a way of controlling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it tells you that they're not autonomous. They, they, um, there, there are so many things that they're not allowed to do. They're not, they can't do those things because the state doesn't allow them to do. Right. So, so why does, uh, ah, that's Morning. great. Morning. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> please. Oh. Please join us. <laughs> he has Hello. His, um, Hello. I'm in the chair. I pitched your that? ideas, uh, Graham, but uh, no, no favorable response yet. For the curiosity. <laughs> I see. I see. Right. Yes. Because I can't pronounce it. Oh, I see. Curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity. No, it's not a good one. What about something about apples? Curiosity apple. No, no. <laughs> something about apple. Yeah. yeah fallen apples. Yeah. Fallen apples. Apples. Fallen apples. <laughs> apples from the tree. Yeah, yeah. I get your yeah, Anyway, you That's are you in the middle of doing something? Because I'll yeah. go and I'll go and go we, somewhere else. Yeah. No, 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 you don't need to. Yeah, you can. Or you can join. Yeah, you can join the conversation. <laughs> what we're, you like? we're at the at the difficult point. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, let, let me surface. Let me get uh, organized. I will decide. What are you talking about today? Um, we're talking about Gramsci. Uh -huh. uh, civil society. Civil society. State. Yes. Ethiopia. NGOs. And you yeah. can speak on Ethiopia. I know you know a lot about. <laughs> I, yeah, I know absolutely nothing about Ethiopia. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. But after this episode airs, yeah. we will know a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we have to upload the previous one. Yeah, sure. At some point. Let's just do that. Yeah. Okay. You mean the previous podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, and then this one the week after. And then yeah. We, I, we already have a third person. Who? Who is it? What? Really? Yeah, he's a talking. Did okay. you ask him already? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I suggested to you. Are you in the middle of recording? Yes. Yeah, yeah we're but still, uh, well, you we know, edit we stuff. edit everything. But maybe we leave it in even. <laughs> but what, if I can make coffee. Oh, yes. And then I'll, I'll head off. No, of I'll course. Lead you to of course. It. We, right. we like the sound of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Should we? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you, you might get some product placement, might get. Yes, <laughs> I oh, hope yeah, so. We were talking about that. <laughs> exactly. Are we new? So that is yes. Visalat maybe an agent for some coffee company? Yes, yeah, it's a Starbucks. He, Starbucks. he always drinks from the same company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he told me he was now getting offered and looking kind for other options. Yeah, probably like this is gonna be one of the last. <laughs> yeah. um, but you always go there to the. So we can't. We can, we're gonna let that finish, right? Yeah, then we go back and shoot a real thing. What company is that? What, this? Yes. <laughs> Brand. This is? Oh, the, this is Nespresso. This is Nespresso, <laughs> yes. It makes wonderful coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
that's what intellectuals bring. That's how we start our day. We, we, couldn't, we, we couldn't do all the thinking we do without yes. stress. <laughs> that's, that's where we get our inspiration from. Yeah. Is this the George Clooney one? The yeah. one she advertises? Yeah, yeah. yeah you tell. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it George makes, Clooney it makes of academia. How did you manage to carry this? I'm wondering, because I know you come by bike. Oh no, I, I do have a car. Oh. I, I come occasionally. Mm. How do you think I trans... <laughs> <laughs> All these books. All those books I don't read. Yeah, this is only one branch of my library. Wow. Does anybody want... Do want no, 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 I'm I can still some. Yeah, come. Thanks. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, so... Let's uh, keep going. No, 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 yeah. So Gramsci, Gramsci, Gramsci. Yes. Are we going on with the mm. with Gramsci? Yeah, because you yeah. said at some point, well, and that's where Gramsci comes in. Okay, uh, so as I said, when I went back for my master's research, I came across these differently positioned NGOs in terms of their relationships with the government. Okay. Um, so, on top of my earlier observations that not all NGOs, NGOs were committed to democratization, uh, development in the staff, because they appeared to be, you know, elite run and many people there were there simply for work um, and, and many of the NGOs did not have um, this organic relationships with the people that they that they worked with and so on. You know, I, I, I had I had that observation, but it, it wasn't critical enough to disrupt the, the theoretical angle that I came from. Right. So when, when I embarked on reading Gramsci, um, then it gave me the, the theoretical framework how I was going to approach civil society in the state. And that also reflected on my analytical framework. So instead of positioning civil society in the state as antagonistic um, in the crackdown that the, the, the government was doing on the NGOs as, you know, a manifestation of that hostility between the two, I, I, I was interested in getting deeper to see the complexities how differently the NGOs were positioned um, in terms of, um, you know, hegemony and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that. Thanks. But Gramsci gave me the, the theoretical perspective and also the analytical framework that really organized my... Right. Um, but um, I was still hesitant to fully adopt that um, until I started working on collecting my data on oh. the field. Yes, so I, I, I needed to um, review my theoretical framework um, fully afterwards. Really? Yes. So what happened when you got on the field? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So my expectation was that almost all leaders of the NGOs that were there back in 2005 through 10 when the government enacted the restrictive law and they were cracked down on would tell me that they were unhappy about the, the government's stance, that 
they were opposed to the restrictive law, that their involvement in electoral observation, civic education was the right thing to do, and so on. Mm -hmm. But I came across these different types of NGOs who had leaders who were opposed to one another in terms of their right. opinions. Some um, civil society actors uh, were in favor of the restrictive law that the, the government enacted. And they're not happy now after the political transformation started in 2018 and the government decided to lift the restrictive law. They say it's, it's too liberal. It's too mm. open. It, it allows um, anybody to, to come in and do whatever they want. So in, 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 that, in that sense, at least in terms of the relationships between the NGOs and the government, there were complexities. Right. Um, so that on the ground, you saw that ex exactly reading was right. Now you decide, yes, uh, this is the way to go because the older framework won't work with this kind of Exactly. It, it resonates with my, my, my theoretical reading. And yeah. it, it kind of, uh, it, was, it was some kind of assurance for me that I, I really needed to, you know, carry on with Gramsci um, and, and kind of strengthen my, my theoretical framework in, mm -hmm. that, in that sense. So you even had to go back to the reading again to Gramsci as well? Oh, yes. Right. Yes. So you found out more in the, in the theoretical reading it, 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 afterwards? Well, I, I read Gramsci in the first few months of my PhD. I, I kept this detailed note on my reading, but I, I needed to, to refresh myself. Yes. Right. So why do you think these NGOs are antagonistic towards one another? Do you think maybe this means that they are run by different interests, like different political parties? I know that's the case in many NGOs in Greece. They are run by different political parties. Not openly, covertly mm -hmm. of course, but uh, I was thinking wh what's the reason to be antagonistic uh, between each other and not? you know, unite and promote their interests as mm -hmm. a whole. One is, is the, the historical positioning between the two, which is also supported by the conventional rhetoric from, from the liberal perspective, that the civil society organizations are there to, to counter authoritarianism. So they, 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 at least conceptually, they need to be positioned in, on, a, on a critical side from, from the state. So they they are there to make sure that the government does not um, overuse its its authority. Mm. So, so that, that that is the case, um, and and also it goes back to the nineteen eighties when the Soviet bloc kind of disintegrated, um, and one country after another one. Um, I you know like I don't really want to buy that mm. that claim. But, um, you know, that was when authoritarian regimes in the Soviet bloc collapsed spectacularly, mm -hmm. one after another. And I agree with some commentators who say that intellectuals didn't have the vocabulary for describing what was happening. Like, how mm -hmm. did that happen? Um, who was behind it? What kind of force brought about that change? So, you know, they they grew up civil society. Right. Th there were some uh, political activists in Poland, Czechoslovakia, mm -hmm. and um, 
um, the other countries as well who claimed that the force behind the revolutions was was civil society. So they even referred to the revolutions as civil society revolutions. So it was easy for the rest of the world to grab civil society yeah. and use it as um, this medicinal term for every yeah, ill in in societies. So governments um, in in the you know neoliberal perspective are inefficient. They're the the troublemakers. So right. civil society is right. there to correct that. You know. Mm-hmm. So so for that reason, these two are conceptually positioned as opposed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, modern civil society concept is what is important to to Africa, to Ethiopia. That is why the the traditional ways of association are not often talked about when we talk about civil society as academics. Yeah. So so. Maybe we should then talk about a bit about the intellectuals and yeah. their role, mm-hmm. which also from the civil society point of view, the liberal view maybe are neutral and say yeah. But then you have also this concept of the organic intellectual, and I still want to talk about the. You said the organic relation to the people and the mm-hmm. smaller NGOs. Right. So I like when you yeah. Um. Well, the the concept um the concept I I.